I am teaching this morning, and, and Pastor Paul kind of talked on it briefly on uh, renewing the mind, but I'm going to be talking on winning the war in your mind. Last week, we talked a little bit about the anxiety of our mind and our thoughts, but we're going to talk about today winning the war in your mind. How many know you got to get your mind right? You got to get your mind right. Everything changes and God comes alongside of you when you get your mind in alignment with what God says. I was watching this uh, TikTok video, so I don't want to sound like I'm super into like knowing everything about sports, but does anybody know the guy Trey Turner? Are you familiar with Trey Turner? He plays for the Phil Phillies. He's a baseball player. Anyway, he was having a horrible season in the start of 2023, and they played these clips of every commentator was, uh, this isn't his season. This is the the worst season he's ever had. He can't hit a ball. It was just like over and over talking about how negative his season has been. And all of a sudden, somebody said, somebody started on the bandwagon, why don't we, the next time he plays, give him a standing ovation? And let's see if that changes things. So there was this whole thing saying, next time he plays, they spread the word, everybody's going to do a standing ovation instead of talking about how horrible his season has been. And sure enough, you see a video, and he goes up to bat. He doesn't even know it's happening. Thousands of people in the stadium started standing up and shouting and cheering him on. And he's looking in the stands going, what the heck is going on? But from that moment, his very first time up to bat after the standing ovation, he hit a home run. And he began to hit more home runs and more home runs and more home runs. So there's something about when you have the confidence of who God says that you are, you will succeed in life. You will receive the promises of God. We get so beat down and we get so defeated by our own stinking thinking that we don't, we, we're, we're bound by those pressures instead of walking in the freedom of the word of God. Amen? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the battle between walking by faith and walking by what you see. How many want to walk by faith? God has so much more for you. God has blessings. He has favor. He has opportunities for you. So we have to say, am I going to be bound by fear or am I going to walk in faith in what God already said is mine according to the word of God? Amen. So we know that the battlefield is the mind, isn't it? There's this saying, my number one point this morning is most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. They're won or lost in your mind. There are thoughts coming at us all day long. There are letters in the mail, maybe an email or a doctor's report or a fight in your family that come at us and it wants to take control of our mind. And we have to learn to get control of those thoughts, control of those things that want to bring depression or sadness. I look at it this way, controlling our thoughts is like flipping on a light switch or turning it off. Like, well, is it that easy? It absolutely is that easy. You can choose in that, that moment of conflict to say, no, I'm not going to believe that. No, I'm not going down that road of discouragement or emotions. Because how many know the enemy knows what to mess with you about? And what works for you probably won't work on me. And what the enemy gets on me probably won't work on you. But he knows exactly what buttons to push in your life. And you have to decide to say, I am not going down that road of discouragement. One more moment, one more day. I know there's things that come at me sometimes and they'll come like a flood. And when I've learned to shut it off, it, it flees from my life. But when I entertain it... When I begin going over that negative thought and, and that low self-esteem or that failure or whatever it is, or how many know your own self-talk is so destructive? 
Like, I don't even need the devil to talk to me. I just talk to myself, you know. There's a lot of stuff going in there that we feel about ourselves, and you can decide in that moment. And what happens if you don't and you allow that negativity, it takes a road for you to get out of it. It's a process for you to come out of where that thought now is taking control of your emotion and is now driving you instead of you driving your emotions. You need to be in control, amen. And the good news is this, God's given you the power to do that. Amen. He's not here just to help you. The word of God can change and transform your life. And we know, as Pastor Paul said, exhorting earlier, it's time to renew our mind to the truth of God's word. What does God's word say about us? We're going to look at some things uh, in 2 Corinthians this morning, and we're going to study a little bit of the Apostle Paul and look at his mind and where God brought him from and where God brought him to. And in, uh, if you'll study in Romans 7.23, prior to where we're going to look at in Corinthians, Paul was struggling with his mind. The scripture said that there was a, there was a warring in his members, a warring against his mind in what was happening. It was bringing him into captivity. So the negativity of your mind and your soul, it wants to bring you into captivity instead of you controlling your mind. And when you are held in captivity is where the enemy blocks the blessings of God in your life. So we see here where he was going through so much, but when we look into 2 Corinthians, you're going to see the progression of a man who realized that he can get control of his thoughts and walk in the victory of Christ. Amen? So let's look at that. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 4 says this. For though we live in the world, we do not rage war as the world does. We fight a different battle. The world will fight in their emotions. They fight in their mind. They're wringing their hands. They're worried. We have the same troubles that come against us, don't we? We have the same fears of what's happening and, and you know, am I going to get the job? Am I going to get the increase? We have all these same things. But as believers, we don't fight as the world fights because the world will bat the air. The world will fight the air and they'll grow tired and they'll grow weary and they get discouraged. But we take the word of God and we apply the word of what God says over our situation, and then we walk in faith, and faith moves the hand of God. It's a decision. Say, it's a decision. So we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Thank you, Jesus. That power is, and you may know this, but it's dunamis power. When you apply the word of God in your situation, it's like taking dynamite to that destructive thought or that, that emotions that are controlling you. It's the power, explosive power of God, and it will demolish that stronghold that your mind is trying to keep you in. Now, they're going to put up a picture of a stronghold and what that might look like. So this is a stronghold, and I want you to see this like your mind. It's a fortress that's built on a city at its highest peak, and it's surrounded by walls, and it can be as, as deep as 20 feet deep thick. Those are some deep walls, aren't they? It's a fortress, and it may be a place where the military um, were kept during battle to keep them safe. It may be a place where prisoners were there to keep guard. But what he's saying in this scripture is, is your negative thoughts keeps you in strongholds. So what happens when you're nursing and rehearsing all this bad self-talk and, and negativity and, and nothing's going right, and not just your thoughts, but also your words, it's keeping you held captive. 
And Jesus said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. And we're wondering why we're not having breakthrough, why we're not seeing the promises of God because our, whole, our thoughts are keeping us prisoners. And we're like, well, why isn't God doing that? Why isn't God showing up? Uh, I've been praying, I've been believing, but you haven't been changing your mind. You haven't been saying, no, this thing that I think about myself is not true. God wants to bless me. God wants to favor me. God wants to promote me. God wants to put me at the front of the line. Come on. When you begin to think what God says, now you get yourself out of that stronghold and you walk in the freedom of God now to exercise the promises of God. The enemy always has a counterfeit, doesn't he? So if our thoughts are trying to keep us prisoners in captivity of stronghold, that word of God says the opposite. It says in Psalms 9-9, the Lord is a stronghold in time of trouble. Woo! So the enemy wants to keep me in a stronghold of bondage and being a prisoner but God says, when you're going through stuff, come into me. I am your stronghold, and I will keep you safe. Which stronghold would you rather be in? I'd rather be in the one where the Spirit of the Lord dwells, amen? So he will be your safe place. He's that tower that you run into, and you run into that because you're renewing your mind to the Word of God. Proverbs 18 says, the name of the Lord is our strong tower, and those who run into it are safe. So when you're facing all this battle and this onslaught and all this opposition, don't go into imprisonment of the enemy held in captivity. Run to the stronghold of the Lord, the fortress of God. Because what happens when I'm in the word of God and I'm coming in the fortress of God's protection, he keeps me from negativity. He keeps me from those wrong thoughts. He's saving me from going into the other stronghold of depression, oppression, defeat, discouragement, comparison, all the lies of the enemy. It's time to run back into Jesus. I want to encourage you today. God has his very best for you. He has his very best for you. And what you see in the natural is not God's period. It is not the end of the story. God has something so special for you, and his word says that he is not a respecter of persons. There's not one more person in this room that is worthy of the blessings than someone else on the other side of this room. They may praise well, they may sing good, they may know a lot of scriptures, but God is not a respecter of persons. If his word says, I have favor, I walk in favor. If his word says, I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. Amen. God puts my name in the ears of those who need to hear my, or get, has the ability to promote me and give me favor. Amen. That's what God has for you. The enemy will attack your mind and he'll create these strongholds of deception. He'll get you to believe that things are not true. And what happens? He steals your authority away from you. If you can believe that God's word is not true, you will not walk in the authority, and he puts you in caves of deception. And how many of us are living there? Don't raise your hands. We get held captive to our own thoughts, don't we? And we don't even realize we're imprisoned by the lies of the enemy. And he's just laughing at us. He's putting the hand of limitation on us when God says, all of my word is for you. And yet we live so beneath what God sees in our life. So what does the enemy want to do? He wants to shape your thinking. He wants to reshape your thinking different to the word of God. And how does he do that? One lie at a time. 
one lie at a time. It's like a little tiny river that comes in, a little trickle. And what happens with that trickle? It corrodes and corrodes and corrodes until it's made a lot of damage, right? What does the enemy want to do? He wants to make you a prisoner of lies. So you're held captive. So I don't want to trust people anymore. I've been too hurt. Raise your hand if you've been hurt by people. I can raise both arms, my toes, my fingers, my legs, whatever. Right? You feel like you're not going to succeed. You feel like you're financially not going to get ahead. You're not going to have a good marriage. Maybe God doesn't care. There's all these turmoils that's just bombarding us every single day as Christ followers. But let's look at 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. It says this, we demolish or cast down arguments and every imagination that sets us up against the knowledge of God. It is our job to cast them down, to throw them down at the feet of God. It's our job to say no. If God's word said it, it is true, but it is our job to reroute the lie. It's time to take some territory back, amen? It's time to say no to the devil. You're not going to have my family. You're not going to have my children. You're not going to have my dreams. We need to get some spiritual confidence back on the inside of us and begin to stand bold and look the enemy in the eye and say, no more, not today. I'm stepping up in who God's called me to be. Men of God, be the man of God God's called you to be. Be the warriors of Jesus. Stand strong in the word of God. Women of God, stand up for your family. Walk through your homes and pray the word of God. Reroute the lies of the enemy, amen? It's time for you to stand strong. So we demolish arguments that rises itself up against the knowledge of God. And what? We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I'm going to take it captive. What does that mean? Instead of me being a prisoner, which the enemy has you in, I'm making that thought a prisoner. I'm taking you captive. I'm locking you up and I'm throwing you away. What used to work doesn't work today, devil. What used to control me isn't going to control me. I have the mind of Christ. I'm made in the image of Christ. I'm deserving of all the blessings and the favor of God. And what happens, we get ourselves in comparison. And we start wondering, well, if God's doing it for them, how come they're not doing it for me? Well, that person might have learned how to bring that thought captive. Not being in prison to it and holding back and limiting the power of God in their life. So we have a personal battle now. We have to be intentional to win the battle of our mind. So whatever you came in here struggling with today, you need to go home and put it under your feet. You need to put it back where it belongs and say, I'm not going to give you place in my heart or my mind one more day, devil. I'm putting you under there until I get the victory, until I don't have to struggle with this thing anymore. Amen? And what will happen? Your behavior will start to change. Just like we saw Trey Turner. Nothing changed. He was, he was striking out, striking out, but when he knew somebody believed in him, when he changed his mentality that I am a hitter, I am a good baseball player, he stepped up to the mat and he was successful. When you know who you are in Christ, what God's word says, when you know the promises of God, you will step up and win every battle. You will drive the enemy out of your house, out of your children's lives, amen? We have to be intentional to win the battle of our mind. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thought. I'm going to pick up a little bit of last week into this week in just a minute, um, but our lives are always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. 
there's a cognitive behavior, and I don't like to get in too much scientific study, but how many know God created our mind? And God created our body, and it is powerful when it's alignment to what his word has to say. And so cognitive behavior psychology shows that when you have relational issues, when you have maybe eating disorders or addiction or anxiety, it goes back to a form of toxic thinking. This is what scientists are proving. Well, we already know it's true because God's word said it is, says it is true. What does scripture say in Psalms 23, 7? For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we've got this behavior and we've got this response from life because of the things that we are thinking. If you're thinking that you can't, you probably won't. If you're thinking you'll not be successful as a husband, you probably won't be, even though you have every ability according to God's word to be successful. If you think that you can, you will. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isn't that powerful? We can dwell on our pro problems. We can look at the world and all the problems of the world and, and it overwhelms us and it puts anxiety in us. Or I can look for the solution in God's word and I can find faith in God's word. I have a choice, amen? You can feel like a victim and maybe life has been bad to you and you can feel like a victim and you can become one. Or you can step into the word and believe everything that Christ says about you. You have a choice, amen? We have a choice, not that I'm trying to be insensitive to um, victims here, but when you're in Christ, you have to choose what God says about you. Otherwise, you're enslaved to the person who made you the victim. You're enslaved, you're in prison to that situation, that behavior, that failure, instead of becoming who God wants you to be. So what do we want to do this morning? We want to look at and stop and think, evaluate where our thought, thoughts are today. Why? Because thoughts are, they just happen without us even thinking about them. They, they just happen. So I want you to kind of look at your thought life and see if there's things. Are you worried about things? Are you anxious and overwhelmed? Do you ever just wake up with that gut-wrenching feeling like, ugh, something's not right, and you've got to think about where it's at? Are we living in this world of worry, or are we living on the spectrum of peace of God? You know, where are you at in that? Maybe you're intense in worry. Maybe you're very overwhelmed with worry. And maybe you have like so much peace, praise God, I want to be your friend, right? But there's, there's a, where are you at in that balance of your thought life? Because 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. So I can have peace in my life no matter what comes against us in the world or a situation because God's love is so perfect in my life that I don't have to be bound by fear and anxiety. I can walk in that love of God and have the peace of God in my life, and so can you. What does Matthew 6 say? This is so powerful. I'm going to read it out loud. We kind of touched it a little bit last week, but it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store, store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add any single hour to your life? Let me ask you that. The things that you worried about this week, did it help you any? Did it really change the situation? No, it doesn't. We have to get to the point where I'm going to trust God in whatever I'm going through, amen? So that peace part of the balance of worry is the scripture that says God gives us the peace that passes all understanding. 
What does that mean? That word passeth means when I've got this situation in front of me and I'm worried about it, but I step into the word of God, God gives me a peace that that word passeth means rises above the situation. It gives me superior in rank or authority. So when you step into the peace of God, you rise above it. You don't see the problem anymore. You see the promises of God. And that was clearly when we studied about the authority of God. But that's how easy it is to step out of worry and peace. What are worry and fear? What can you do about it anyway? Nothing you can do about it. Sometimes you just got to shake your hands and go, God, I've done all I know to do. I've prayed, I've fasted, I've got a prayer partner, I've sewed into it, whatever it is. Now, God, you have to do your thing. And I'm going to stay in the strong tower of peace and joy and happiness until the Lord fulfills the promises that he spoke over my life. We have a choice to take, amen? Are we living in negativity, negative about things, always finding the glass half empty? Are we finding ourselves critical or fault-finding with one another? Life is so hard. I'm just so busy, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. We got all this negativity, and we don't even realize that it's coming out of our mouth or out of our hearts. And when you are always negative, you're always met with, met with failure. Always. We can make a habit of seeing the glass half empty, and we don't even realize that we're doing that. Instead of if you see it God's way, somewhere in that half empty is a promise of God. Somewhere in there is a ray of hope and faith and joy. And the only way that you're going to see it is seeing it through the eyes of God and his word. Amen? So, and then what happens? Negativity leads to depression. It leads to stress. It leads to low self-esteem. It also affects the people around you. Or we can live on the other spectrum of being positive and saying, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe the best in people. Sometimes we can always assume the negative in people, can't we? I've been pastoring long enough. It is true. And the enemy will make sure you see the negative in that person because that's the perception you're believing. So the enemy will flag them in front of you. So constantly you're going to feel like, you know, that, you're, that people betray you, people fail you. They're not, yep, there it is. They rejected me again. Enemy will make sure of that. But if I can believe the best of the person... If somebody, you know, treats me a certain way or doesn't speak to me or rejects me, I'm learning to step back and go, what are they going through? Maybe, just maybe, this moment is not about Barb Pruitt. Novel idea. Maybe what they're going through has nothing to do with you at all and you're the last person on their mind. But guess what? The enemy will make you think that it's true because it's become your negative truth. Instead of believing the best in someone, being optimistic for the future, you know, working together with God. He says, I work all things together for good for those who are called according to my purpose. Amen. Stepping into that positivity of God. We can be worldly consumed, you know, consumed with the things of the world. I don't want to give my time away. I'm too busy. I don't want to serve in the local church. You know, I don't want to participate. What happens? It's me, 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 me. Or we're thinking about what can I build for myself? What can I consume of this world? What are the, the treasures of this world that I can buy? And, and what do I look like in the world? And we're always concerned about the worldly pleasures instead of being concerned with the eternal difference that we can make in the world today. Amen. If you get so consumed about yourself, all you see is yourself, I promise you. Because I've lived in that world before. But we have to go to the other spectrum and go, I'm going to think eternal 
if I'm going to give my time to the church, it's about loving maybe on a baby in the nursery or praying for someone in the courtyard or greeting someone and letting them feel the love of God when they walk in the room or participating with their young adults. I had a beautiful team with me last night, and I'm pretty sure they walked away rewarded because there's something when you're not conscious about yourself and you're thinking about eternity. My life matters more than this big house I can build on a hill somewhere. And there's nothing wrong with that. God wants to bless you. And I pray all your dreams come true. But we can live in that me, me, me world instead of being consumed with the eternal difference that we need to make in the world today. Amen. So what is 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. We fix our eyes not on what is unseen, but, excuse me, we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporal, but the unseen is eternal. So we have to gaze our focus on what are the eternal things in life. They make all the difference in the world, amen? There's no greater joy than when you love on someone with the love of God. Nothing. And I have traveled the world. I've had some pretty good vacations, a lot of fun, a lot of great memories. Nothing makes me more happy when I can love on someone with the love of God. And if it's just a word of encouragement, if it's just serving somewhere. I was walking up to AJ's Food yesterday, and this beautiful elderly lady was walking out, and she was carrying this table. And uh, she was just kind of walking real sore. And so I walked up to her. I said, let me take that table for you. She said, oh, no, I've got it, honey. I said, oh, no, I'm taking the table from you. And, you know, I said, it looks like you're struggling. And so I grabbed the table, and we talked on the way to the car. And I just heard the Lord say, pray for her. Pray for her. So we've got table in her car. So it looks like you're just really sore. I said, can I pray for you? She goes, absolutely. And in that moment, I got to lay hands on her and pray for her. Pray the prayer of faith. I don't know if she was Muslim. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is I was thinking about an eternal, mo eternal moment at that time. It didn't matter about my grocery shopping. It didn't matter about I was trying to get ready to come here. It was that little moment to love on that beautiful woman. And it was God's job to fulfill it. It's God's job to heal her body or touch her. I walked away feeling like I had just won a million dollars. I felt like I just floated to my car. You're like, woo. You know, there's something about when you're not thinking about yourself and you're giving love away. It changes the perspective of everything, doesn't it? It's so powerful. So what are we going to do? We're going to look at two things quickly this morning. God wants to renew your mind with the truth of God's word. Let's look at two things quickly. Number one, identify the strongest negative thought that's holding you back. Identify it. You probably don't have a lot, but you have some big ones. Say, Lord, what are they? What keeps me on this merry-go-round? What keeps me out of faith? What keeps me in depression? There is something, there's a trigger, there's, there's a thought, something from the past, and I don't believe in going and digging in the past, I'm not saying that, but there's something that's that negative thought is being controlling of your life and it's become a stronghold. And it's locked you up and God wants to remove that lie, amen? So what is that? Last week, um, I had some notes last week from Dr. Carolyn, uh, What's her name? Carolyn Leaf, thank you. And also some things from Craig Rochelle. And I, I just put these things together because I believe that it is principles that will help us understand our mind. But something that uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf that I love about, she talks about the mind a lot. And she's a believer, so I encourage you to get her book. But she talks about negative thoughts changes the chemical makeup of the brain. And we know that's true. So what happens is when you're constantly thinking negative thoughts, it releases the cortisol from your body. And that cortisol hormone now is a stress hormone. 
and it causes you to be stressed, it causes you to be fearful, it causes you to be overwhelmed. And every, neg every thought that you have creates a neurochemical change in your body. Every thought that you have. And we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but a positive thought, when you think a positive thought, it's a surge rewarding to your, your transmitters of your brain. Like the guy who played the baseball, when he saw that ovation, something in his brain sent the right chemicals, which I think is dopamine. It's, it's a dopamine from the brain when you start thinking good and thinking positive. Like when somebody likes your Instagram post and maybe they're a little popular, there's a dopamine release from that. When you get a lot of likes and you look, there, it is, that's why it's addicting. There's, there's something when you think positive, it releases what God wants us, is supposed to release from our brain, the good things from our brain, the happy things in my brain, right? It's the, it's the rewarding, right? It gives you a thrill. It's also called your happy hormone. That's why God says renew your mind to the word of God because when you're thinking the right thoughts, it is releasing the dopamine that God put in your body to make you happy. How, how does that switch? It's not just spiritual. It is natural. So now I'm going, I'm thinking, you're getting high on the word of God. Come on, somebody. And it is free and it is the best drug you'll ever have. I promise you that. So dopamine is involved of making you have the good pleasures, the feel-good pleasures, the part of the brain that feels like it's being rewarded. Now, I want to take that a step further because Dr. Carolyn says in her book that through the studies, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer, right, 12 minutes a day in an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on the brain scan. Praying changes your brain. Why? Because the negative neurotransmitters now has a process. It already has a pathway. Your brain immediately thinks negative. Your brain immediately thinks being overwhelmed. But now, when you're seeking prayer in the kingdom of heaven, it's changing that pathway to the things of God. It's rerouting a new pathway for you. That, and it, it can be on a brain scan identified. Tell me God isn't cool. For scientists to actually see, let me take that a step further. In the New York Times, New York Times magazine or newspaper, or whatever, they did a study, and when you pray in tongues, they can see it on a scan. The whole part of your brain, I forget which part of it is, I think it's the front part of the brain, but when you pray in tongues, that part of the brain that normally makes you feel in control decreases itself. It decreases. So when you want control, you want to think the negative. You know, you, you, your mind is enmity with God automatically. The Bible says that. But when you not only pray but speak in tongues, it lowers the control part of your brain. And now you're releasing control back to God. And that's why you're praying the heavenly language that talks kingdom talk. Amen? So that control decreases activity. Amen? And that cognitive control is released. Now they've seen on an EKG when a person is just sitting still and they're just thinking and then they pray in the Holy Spirit, it spikes. You can see it. They have it on the in New York Times. And then they stop praying in tongues. It's just normal. They pray in tongues, it spikes. Listen, there's something about the Spirit of God when we are declaring the word of God and we are getting Christ-focused. That's why he said, look unto me. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. 
You're rewiring your brain. I don't have to have depression like my mom had, like my grandma had. How do we break those generational curses? Through the word of God. I'm going to rewire what God says about me. Amen? That is so powerful, isn't it? So praying in tongues. So even when you eat right and you're exercising and girls, come on, shopping somebody. There's an anointing when you shop. <laughs> Hallelujah. It put, me in debt. it put me in debt at 17, but praise the Lord, I was happy. I was at this restaurant, uh, I was at this restaurant, and uh, it was a higher-end restaurant, so friends were treating me, and we were all, all, about 20 of us in the lobby hanging out, and you seen this guy, I, I caught him, he had a platter, and he had like a, a, a rag, and he was like this, walking around the lobby, and I'm like, I wonder what he's doing, well, he had garlic, roasted garlic, on the platter, and he was walking through the lobby, hoping we wouldn't notice, but that garlic stimulated us to want more food. It made us hungry. Tell me that isn't power. It made my dopamine go, yes, give me something full of garlic, right? So what happens? Now, it's so beautiful because when you step into the peace of God, you've got the cortisol now that's just wired up. You've got the, I think it's called the, I'm, I'm a, let me look it up really quick. Amygdala, thank you, Pastor Paul. The amygdala, when you are thinking um, negative things, is your fight or flight. It doesn't know if you met a bear. It doesn't know if somebody's chasing you. But when you are full of fear and anxiety, your amygdala is overworking. And, and it wants to fight. It, it, that's why sometimes you may have arguments in your home or have discontention and all these things because somewhere fear is taken over and your brain is releasing the wrong chemical. But when you step into peace, serotonin comes. And what does serotonin do? It balances. It gives you the form of peace and well-being and, and calming. What is that? It's the measure of the scales. My amygdala is off the chart right now. I'm overwhelmed. I'm full of fear. Peace of God, love of God, word of God. Step, now you're, you're bringing the principles of God, praying in the Holy Spirit, meditating on the word of God. It makes the scales balanced. So your, your fight or flight should be assigned to you somewhere your mind is out of control. Anger, triggers, sadness, depression. Somewhere you've got your thoughts out of alignment. You start speaking the peace of God, speaking the love of God, getting out of that stronghold. God will naturally balance your mind. And what happens? Amen. Somebody give him a mic. Hallelujah. I love it. What happens? You're bringing every thought into captivity to the word of God. So not only can you see this spiritually happening, but physically in your body, it is happening. You know, you ever went to the gym and just worked out one day, and I'm like, you're kind of walking like this. Like, you feel like, I feel like so, I'm so muscular. Like, I had one salad and lifted a five-pound bar like ten times. But I'm like, yes. Can you see it yet? Like, can you? Why? Because my dopamine's like, man, I was in the gym, and I feel like, rock, you know, rock hard. That's what <laughs> lining with God is, amen? There's a reward. There's a positive hit. There's a chemical buzz when you begin to do things the way that God wants you to do them, amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. I'm going to wrap this up. We're running out of time. Where do I want to go with this? Thank you, God. With God, we can renew our mind. Amen. We can do it. Why? Because you will know the truth and the truth can set you free. Isn't that powerful? Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? I'm staying off the destructive pathways. I'm staying off of it. Not going to do it anymore. I'm going to choose to see what God sees. Create healthy pathways in my mind and in my heart. Amen? Okay, let's see here. We're going to skip all this. And number two, we're going to wrap up. Actually, I do want to do this one thing. Jasmine, bring up my cell phone really quick. I shall do that in a minute. Actually, it's right here. I don't know where I'm at. Somebody pray for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel rushed because we're running out of time. But um, what I want to do is our last point this morning is this, and it is um, name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. So we're first going to identify the stronghold, but you have to replace it with the truth of God's word. What is the truth? Amen? Because you can't defeat the lie without the truth. So in my... Um, I've written some confession cards. I have them for children. I also have them for adults. And they're on Amazon. Um, they're only $2.99, so I'm not trying to get rich or anything. They'd have been free if I could have, but um, Amazon wouldn't let us do it. But I just want to read this to you because um, I think this will help you understand the power of our confession. Um, hang on one second here. I knew I should have screenshot these. Okay. Let's do this really quick. John 8.32, which we talked about you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The lie will put you into spiritual bondage, amen, but the truth will set you free. Okay, while this is opening up, let's close with this. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Take it captive, Amen. Capture what? With the word of God. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for this godly life. Say everything we need. Everything we need. And of course, it isn't going to open up. But I encourage you to get online. I think you can find them on the website. But you find the word of God, and I rewrote them in first person. So it's literally taking the word of God and declaring it for yourself. Declaring it for yourself, that, just, that confession of God's word will change every circumstance. But more than that, it will change you. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We praise you today, Father God. And we thank you, Lord, that you, you know what our strongholds are in our mind today, God. And I just speak your grace, grace over everyone here in the name of Jesus. The grace of your love, the grace of your peace, Father God. And Lord, I just stand with them that any place the strongholds of the enemy has come, Father, we bind him, we reroute it in the name of Jesus. Father, we take full captivity and we recognize, Father God, his attack against our life. And we just decree the blood of Jesus over ourselves right now. And I want you just to take that thought that the enemy's trying to hold you captive and just release it to the Lord in your heart today. Maybe it's fear, maybe it's failure, maybe it's low self-esteem. Maybe you don't feel validated. God can do something supernatural in you right now if we'll just be vulnerable to his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just give you those strongholds. We give you those thoughts. They belong to you, Father God. We step into you today, Jesus. We cast them off, God. And I want you to just see like an exchange that you, you've given that to God. Now just receive 
his peace. Say, Lord, I in your heart as I receive your peace. I receive your comfort. Lord, we don't want to be in these strong towers anymore. We don't want to be in these strongholds anymore, God. We want to run free the race of faith. And today we make a decision, God, to change our heart and to change our mind. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I decree that they'll not leave here the same, that they'll leave changed, God, full of faith and hope. Let this word just produce a, a harvest on the inside of them, Father God, that will transform their home when they walk into it, will transform their marriages, God, transform their children. Let it produce a harvest, Father God. And I want to give everyone the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. And I don't know where you're at with the Lord, but you can make it right with Jesus in this moment. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you've not received the Lord. I don't know, but God knows. And I want you just to take a moment to make your heart right with the Lord today. Ask him to forgive you of things that you need to surrender and let go. And we're going to say this prayer together today. Maybe you're receiving him for the first time, but we're all going to pray this together, the prayer of faith to receive Jesus into our life. I want you just to repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I surrender all my fears, anxieties, worry over to you, and I receive your peace, your comfort, and your love in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you.